Correspondent who will be checking in with us to keep you up to speed on the daily details of this high-profile legal case. Be sure to tune in to Ariva Martin in real time weekdays at 4.35 p.m. for United States versus Mark Willie Thomas, only on KBLA Talk 1580. Order in the court. court. We're just trying to close up the wealth gap. Get to this generational wealth. Bet that. We're going to lift off like a jetpack. Time to tune in. Not just speaking real facts. Ooh, right here is everything you need. This ain't no get rich quick thing. Create your own economy. Because we ahead of the crypto curve. Yeah. Create. You're on economy. Let's get ahead of the crypto curve. Yeah. Learn from the queen of crypto, your host, Naja Roberts, leading people out of financial slavery through Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Create your own economy. Let's get ahead of the crypto curve. Learn to get left behind. Good evening, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Ahead of the Crypto Curve, where we are creating Satoshi Millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time, and ladies and gentlemen, that means you. I am your host, Naja Roberts, and it is my mission in life to lead my people out of financial slavery. I don't just do this show to change the way you think about money but to make you change the way you look at money and everything else around you. Today is Wednesday, March 22nd, and a happy birthday is in order to several Cryptopians. We have Eric King, Kendall Claggett, which I have to say a special shout out to him. He is one of the drivers that takes us across country to actually educate our community on all things financial. We have Mariette Clarity Davis and Tanya Kersey. To each and every one of you, I'd like to wish you a happy birthday. I hope that this day is filled with all the peace, the love, and understanding you need as they treat you to whatever it is your heart's desire. So with that, happy birthday to you. And if you'd like a shout out for your birthday, please feel free to send me a text message at 424-317-7373. Again, 424-317-7373. And it is also Women's History Month. And I have a special young lady that I would like to pay homage to today. Her name is Angel Rich. And she is a woman who cryptos. She is actually the founder and CEO of the Wealth Factory. So you know how several of you are playing this, I think it's called Candy Crush. This young African-American woman figured out how to use the concept of Candy Crush to teach you about financial literacy and getting your credit score up. And working for you. And it was a brilliant idea. And she owns, again, the Wealth Factory, which is a fintech company 
that is designed to educate. And of course, it uses technology games, as I just shared with you, to provide equal access to financial literacy across the world. She has won numerous business competitions. She was featured in Forbes. So just Google Angel Rich and you'll see her. And in 2012, Angel was recognized as a Presidential Achievement Award winner. And I had the privilege of being on stage with her at an event right in Los Angeles. And she is absolutely incredible, young, thriving, striving talent in our technology space. And again, I just want to say to Angel Rich, we take our hat off to you this Women's History Month for Women That Crypto. So ladies and gentlemen, again, today is just an incredible day. Every day is an incredible day. I'm going to go ahead and do our quote for the day. More with Naja Roberts as we get ahead of the crypto curve on KBLA Talk 1580. Myers Squibb and Fox. You're listening to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. And we're going to go ahead and just jump in and do our quote for the day. And our quote for the day is very simple. It says, financial freedom is when you never do anything that you don't want for money and you never omit doing something that you want to because of lack of money. And that is what financial freedom is. And I'm looking forward to that day for each and every one of us. You know, I'm looking forward to the day when I don't even have to ask how much something costs. Even though I might want to know, I'm just not going to have to ask how much something costs. And I see that all the time. Uh, in some of these new circles that we are starting to uh, really get mentorship from. And so I'm appreciating that. And so, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as we roll into today's show, there are so many things that have happened. And I really feel like I am, uh, again, just on, I'm on my game. I guess I can make sure I'm, I can just tell you all that I'm smiling. If you cannot hear it, because a lot of the economists were stating that our feds, Jerome Powell, would not raise the interest rates. And if you have been listening to me, I said possibly 25 basis points. I was thinking more 50, but possibly, you know, if they didn't do the 50, I know they would probably do the 25, and I was absolutely right. Because today, our Federal Reserve raised the interest rates by 25 basis points, which is one of the most critical things that could have happened right now in this particular space and time. And so policymakers are faced with the dual threat of the banking crisis and elevated inflation. And again, as we continue to understand the ins and outs of the feds against or in being different from our government, we start to understand why, you know, this tug of war and understanding this information is so critically important. So because they raised the interest rates another 25 basis points, ladies and gentlemen, 
it makes it difficult for those bonds that a lot of the banks are holding to do what they need to do to bring us the types of, re- not bring us, because the banks are the ones that get the returns, but brings them the returns in that bond market that they're expecting, which then funds a lot of different types of things. And I'm not going to go into the types of things that they fund, but just understand that there's going to be a slight issue if any of those banks have to sell some of their bonds at a discount. It causes shortages financially. It also causes shortages with our government because our government is not getting people spending the way that they want to to actually gather up those taxes and and be the recipient of the taxes that we pay for everything that we do uh, out here. And so this basis point uh, hike in rates, you know, we will see the ramifications of it sooner or later. And so I know that everyone is on their anticipatory tiptoes because the next couple of weeks can really prove uh, to be disastrous if this is not done right. Not if it's not done right, if different banking institutions and other regulatory agencies and different things that need to happen all consecutively and, and everything needs to happen in order, in order for things to go right. And the Fed Chairman Jerome Powell uh, really expects a bumpy road back to 2%. I don't think that we're going to get to 2% any anytime soon because this was actually the ninth time, ladies and gentlemen, that the feds have raised the interest rates in the last 12 months in a reaction to this United States inflation rate, uh, which is peaking right now at about 9.1%, um, which is a lot. And so if we're not doing things that are keeping up with the 9.1% interest that inflation that we're seeing, uh, we're going to be in some trouble. And so we know that our jobs are not keeping up with inflation. We know the price of food is not keeping up with inflation. And so because this is something that has never happened before in history, we've got to do all of the things that we can to do a little bit different, a little bit more, save a little bit more, think about investing a little bit more. We've got to do something different because uh, inflation remains absolutely elevated at this point. Um, You know, a lot of the employers are still posting these robust numbers of job gains, and I am consistently getting emails and articles that companies are laying off 10,000 people at a time. And it's happening over and over, but they're not reporting the layoffs, which I'm really, really surprised about. So they put these robust numbers in about how many jobs are out there and how many people have jobs. And then they lay off. I I know in the last two weeks, there's been two major layoffs that have laid off over 25,000 people and nobody is reporting those in their actual reports. And that's what I mean, ladies and gentlemen, when I talk about manipulation of actual factual data or matrix that they use to put into these types of reports. We need to know that these layoffs are happening. So, you know, so that we know that, again, some pretty tight times are happening. I'm not going to say hard times because all of us are not going to experience hard times, but you got to know that tight times are coming and that you've got to do things just a little bit different. And there's a bunch of different indicators that let us know that another um, interest rate hike 
is actually going to be likely. So that 50 I talked about didn't happen today, but I did say it was going to be probably 25. But they'll probably do another interest rate hike because they're going to need to really get this inflation under control. And personal consumption expenditure price index is something else that I look at. Again, that's called the personal consumption expenditure price index. You need to take a look at these reports sometimes, especially if you're thinking about trading or really trying to gauge inflation or gauge what actual traders are doing. Uh, you know, I had a very interesting conversation with a young lady um, today that I do some business with, and we've been kind of going back and forth as to what the next steps are. And she was really expressing to me that this was one of the first times in her life that she has, she has, she knows that she's doing well financially, but she looks at her children, adult children, and she's wondering what in the world are they going to be able to do based on all of these pivots that are happening when they've gone to school for one thing and they wind up doing something else, but then they kind of get stagnated because they really don't know what they want to do and how they want to do it. And uh, and inflation is going up and they don't have enough money to show three times the income to move into their own places. And all of those things are going to affect us. And so when we're talking about um, and looking at the markets and all of the things that happen, all of those things eventually trickle down to our households, whether we know it or not. And all these layoffs that are coming, no, it doesn't mean that our children won't have jobs, but it does mean that our children will be in competition a little bit more than they've been in the past in order to actually maintain or even get the types of jobs that they need to sustain themselves. And so we've got to be looking at all of these things and we've got to be looking at the different tools and things that we need to really help ourselves, our children, our families get a little bit further ahead so that we have some cushion for times uh, that we think are coming up. And so um, this this Labor Department and some of these numbers that they're releasing at the end of the month, I'm always just telling people, to, you know, I'm always optimistic that they'll do the right thing and say the right thing, but it is really apparent that they're going to continue to put out the numbers that they want so that they can continue with the narrative that they want to continue with. And all of these things are kind of just trying to make sure that people are confident about still giving your money to someone else to handle, giving your money to the bank to hold, giving your money to the to uh, different companies to continue to do their business so that you can get some sort of rate of return on those things. And really, this is the, the opposite, in my opinion, of the time that we need to be doing those things because we actually don't know how well they're going to fare. And so we just want to be careful with that. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I was uh, going to talk about today the White House because the White House actually released an extensive economic report from the President of the United States, which included a section that was titled Digital Assets, Relearning Economic Principles. Why is this important? Because we have been waiting for a very long time, those of us that are in the cryptocurrency space, to really figure out exactly what regulation was is going to be and how it is going to affect this particular asset called crypto, cryptocurrency. 
And so this section actually detailed Bitcoin, its functionality, and various possible benefits that proponents claim from this popularity of cryptocurrency assets. And as I read it, I took a look at some things and I wrote some things down and I'm going to share some things with you. But the proponent actually claims, and I'm going to give you both sides because I want to make sure that everyone is getting all of what they need and not just what my opinion of this is. And whatever our United States government does, whatever the White House uh, uh, puts in place, whatever they finally regulate as far as digital assets is concerned, it definitely is going to affect us. It's going to let us know which cryptocurrencies we can get involved in, which cryptocurrencies they're deeming securities, which means you may have some different tax implications. We're going to find out exactly what regulatory body we're supposed to be reporting to other than the IRS. And yes, you do have to report your cryptocurrency uh, holdings, or you should, to the IRS. I don't believe that you have to tell them how much you have, but you do need to let them know that you are engaging in this space. But the proponent claims the report uh, intends to actually address uh, different, uh, a vast amount of different crypto assets serving uh, as investment vehicles and enabling fast digital payments. And remember, I told you the Fed Now program is going to be implemented because they want to keep up with the fast digital payments 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We know the banks to close on Friday. If you do a wire after two o'clock, People won't get their wire until Monday. So that whole entire weekend, they're doing whatever they need to do with your money before they actually send it to the next bank. Well, Fed Now program will cut that out. They're going to be able to transfer money or you will be able to transfer money eventually, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And um, the current financial technology infrastructure that they're building will too change. So they said that the report, the report will address the reality of cryptocurrency assets and um, the section that is titled Setting the Record Straight in the Eyes of the Administration. So compared with many of the other asset types, cryptocurrency assets are very volatile, as we stated. And hence, highly risky. The report actually began saying, because they are very volatile crypto assets, they can be used for speculation. An investment strategy that seeks to make a profit from short-run trading. And so what they're insinuating is that everyone using cryptocurrency is trying to do short-run trading, which is far from the truth. But the reason many cryptocurrency assets are highly volatile is that many of them do not have fundamental value. That is absolutely true. And I always state to each and every one of you that all cryptocurrencies are not created equal. One reason many cryptocurrency assets are highly volatile um, is because people create them, again, to extract funds from our bank account. And so you've got to be careful when, when someone comes to you and states that this cryptocurrency that's using to you is the next big thing just like Bitcoin. 
I tell people when they hear that phrase to always, always take a step back, take a deep breath, and pay attention to the tokenomics. Because if they're emulating Bitcoin or trying to emulate Bitcoin or trying to give you the mindset that it's exactly the same as Bitcoin or it's going to be better than Bitcoin or it's going to do better financially than Bitcoin, you really need to to look at it two or three different times. Now, I just firmly believe because of the technology that there's nothing out there that is actually going to do better than Bitcoin in the long run. It may have a short run at giving you the types of returns that you need. And again, that goes to the volatility, that goes to the speculation, that goes to the short run trading. But what you better be able to do is pay attention to that asset day in and day out. It is unlike anything else that you can get involved in because of the fact that cryptocurrency trades 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You've got to be paying attention daily because all of the different time zones and the different countries that come online at different times, there's always something in their market that actually uh, really makes sure that the the market is, is changing itself around. And I say that. Because when I was trading cryptocurrency or learning how to trade cryptocurrency, I had to literally wake up every three to four hours to check the markets and make sure that nothing happened in China while we were asleep that would change the price of some of these cryptocurrencies that I was getting involved in. And as a recovering coinaholic, it was really, really important that I share with you that if you're just going to work nine to five and your cousin or anybody, anybody, it could be a, a person that you really, really are looking up to. If they suggest that you need to get involved in the cryptocurrency and, and they have um, a way to tell you when to get in and out and they have signals and all of these things, which a lot of people say that they do, you really got to be careful about that because we absolutely uh, have seen how people lose massive amounts of money because from minute to minute, if you're away from your desk or you're at work and you're doing something, you know, for your boss and you're supposed to be paying attention to work, you're not paying attention to your phone. You're not paying attention to the market. And that is one of the reasons why I tell everybody to try your best to stay away from things that you're not going to pay attention to on a daily basis. In this cryptocurrency space, ladies and gentlemen, you need to inspect what you expect, except if you are buying Bitcoin. And I will say that, and I'm firm about that, because the last four years I've been living by that because of the fact I haven't had to worry about Bitcoin because of the actual technology behind the coin. When I look at some of these other coins, you know, I'm worried about them. And so I just stopped trading them. I stopped buying them. I left what was there, there. I've moved what I can move because I didn't get off of enough exchanges in time. I have cryptocurrencies that are spread out across some other um, exchanges that don't even allow you anymore to do business if you live in the United States. And all of these things create a way for us to lose our money, which make it um, risky highly risky, which is why they're saying this in this report, and again, causes volatility and short-run trading. And so we want to make sure that we're doing the best on that. And so 
um, a lot of what we're dealing with in this space is market sentiment. And you should not be listening to people that are giving you their claims on cash flow. And that was something else that was listed in the president's document. It states, and I quote, cryptocurrencies currently serve each of each of these functions. And uh, when we come forward, ladies and gentlemen, we will continue our conversation about this document that came out from the White House today after sports, news, and traffic. This is KBLA Talk 1580. We may be LA's newest talk station, but when you're punching above your weight, it's not about whether you can throw a punch. Can you take a punch? We're unapologetically progressive. KBLA Talk 1580. And we don't black down. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where hate meets a scholarly match. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. So let's just continue, because today the White House actually put out their economic uh, report from our president of the United States, and it has a lot to do with cryptocurrency. So I want to make sure that we're getting this information. So those of you that are a little bit worried about the direction that we are going in the United States, will not uh, be too upset because it wasn't too bad. It just uh, really just talked about effective alternatives. So we're going to talk. I'm just going to read a tad bit, and we'll have a little bit of conversation as we go through it. But they say cryptocurrencies currently serve each of these functions, but they only do so in limited ways in the United States. So they don't serve from an economic perspective as an effective alternative to the U.S. dollar. Now, as you I'm just going to say this. That's what their report states. But this is short-sighted, in my opinion. And this conclusion that they came up was is, is, is really far, um, really, really short-sighted. As Bitcoin is still a relatively new thing, they can't say that it's not going to uh, serve as an alternative to the dollar, because in fact, it actually is. Just yesterday, uh, some individuals that I know are utilizing Bitcoin to do some things that they need to do. And so it is not wholeheartedly the right perspective, but that's what they're saying. So it's, Bitcoin is still new. We've got a long way to go, and I know that. And it has now been proven in several other markets that it can be very effective uh, to fulfill some of the functions. And the United States and its citizens simply just enjoy the privileges of a economy. I'm not going to say that it's a, a great functioning economy, but it's an economy that's working and has worked for some more than others. And so that makes, um, that makes it necessary. It makes it necessary for them to make it seem like Bitcoin is just so distant and so far away, but it's happening every day. The White House describes how, because of a smaller number of entities are accepting Bitcoin as payments in the United States, that it doesn't serve as a proper medium of exchange. And it's saying that, you know, therefore they don't think that it's going to be able to be used as a unit of account. And it absolutely can. But this, once again, is short-sighted in that every day further markets produce businesses that are built around the Bitcoin ecosystem. Indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we've talked about it over and over again. El Salvador has made the headlines and they have made Bitcoin legal tender. And they are now finally 
seeing some success. And with everything, you've got to work slowly. You've got to inch into it. And they have really inched into their possibilities of just having a phenomenal economy and their choice to actually adopt it as a legal tender. And the document also says, and I quote, the strength of the U.S. dollar is derived from several important factors. And ladies and gentlemen, we've been talking about those factors, but this is what they say, such as faith in government institutions. So that's the first red flag. The legal system in our community, unfortunately, that's the second red flag. But cryptocurrencies lack these factors, and that's what their reports say. But this faith has been tangibly shaken as the world watches the banking system repeatedly fall back on the the need for federal action. It shouldn't be mistaken that this encourages faith in a system, but rather highlights the necessity to continually save in a system fully designed to rely on a debt cycle bubble. And that's what we're doing with the United States banks right now. And again, it may not be all banks, but we're relying on this whole debt cycle bubble that they've been doing for a very, very long time. And then as it relates to the CBDC, central bank digital currency, this is what we should all be waiting for and listening out for because this central bank digital currency is coming, whether you like it or not. It is going to be implemented here in the United States. A lot of us are feeling like it's going to be implemented sometime this year. But the report also focuses on the potential for U.S. CBDC and how it might improve the financial system. And it stated, a U.S. CBDC, a digital form of the United States dollar, would have the potential to offer significant benefits. It could enable a payment system that is more effective, provide a foundation for further technological innovation, facilitate faster, cross-border transactions, and be environmentally sustainable. So, for example, a potential United States central bank digital currency could help ensure that such payment systems are aligned with the principles of human rights, democracy values, and privacy, the report says. Now, again, this is what the report says. But all these values which are highlighted as potentially being compromised by a central bank digital currency um, are the same highlighted potentials to compromise our freedom. I'm just going to say that. And so uh, when we look at these different reports and things that they have, you have got to look at them a little more critical than what's on the surface. The report actually ends with the conclusion that cryptocurrency cannot challenge basic economic principles, such as what makes an asset effective as money and incentives that give risks to run risks, although the underlying technologies are a clever solution for the problem of how to execute transactions without a trusted authority. Crypto assets currently do not offer widespread economic benefits in their eyes. They are largely speculative investment vehicles that are not an effective alternative to fiat currency. And so they say that not just twice. They say it three times. 
And so um, these conclusions, too, have been proven to be incorrect in other markets as widespread economic benefits of Bitcoin usage have made themselves visible in various local economies flourishing around the world. And again, what I really fear is that the United States is going to keep pushing back against Bitcoin specifically. They're going to implement their CBDC, but they're already seeing signs that other countries are not going to come on board with our dollar. They're actually starting to push away from our dollar. So if we don't implement or allow for the use of Bitcoin, and they're not making Bitcoin illegal, but the actual uh, legal tender or whatever else they need to do, I don't even know if they need to make a legal tender because, again, we're utilizing it right now as we speak to do the things that we need to do. And so uh, we just got to watch how this plays out. I know a lot of you are standing on the sidelines waiting to find out what the government is going to say before you get involved in the Bitcoin space, in the cryptocurrency space. And I think that is not going to serve a lot of us very well because they're doing a lot of things to distract individuals from the space or deter people from the space so that they can figure out how to roll out this central bank digital currency first. And maybe you'll have full faith in the central bank digital currency, uh, just like you have full faith in the U.S. dollar and the banking system and the FDIC system, which we have been able to actually visualize that it has some issues. So when we come forward, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to jump into a couple of things that are happening in the cryptocurrency space because there is some more tightening that is coming around um, individuals that are uh, pushing coins and different platforms that they know are no good. And the SEC just put out a lawsuit Securities and Exchange Commission. And we'll talk about that, ladies and gentlemen, when we come forward. This is KBLA Talk 1580. Old money, old money, new money, new money. We've got you covered. Keep it locked to the Midday Money Chain on KBLA Talk 1580. House for life. Now, now, let's get back to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA, KBLA Talk, Talk 1580. All right, all right. Welcome forward. So let's get into our market update. And today, Bitcoin is trading at $27,293. It is up in the last hour 1.28%. And it is down in the last 24 hours 2.98%. And in the last seven days, it is up 11.66%. Ethereum is trading at $1,734. It is up in the last hour, 0.75%. In the last 24 hours, it's down 3.62%. And it is up in the last seven days, 4.74%. So I wanted to just make sure that everyone was actually clear on the fact that uh, information that comes out in the news, the Fed, uh, the Fed's talking to us about different things that are happening with interest rates absolutely have all to do with a lot of our financial markets, including Bitcoin, it seems at this point, because Bitcoin actually pulled back from its highest level or its highest price level since June, and the smaller cryptocurrency slumped after the Federal Reserve interest rate increase ease speculations that were supposed to loosen monetary policy. And 
And so uh, the other tokens that are assist, uh, associated with crypto entrepreneur Justin Sun, some of you, I've never talked about Justin Sun. I've tried to kind of refrain from throwing people under the bus, but there's a lot of things that I feel Justin Sun has done. He actually is the owner of a lot of different cryptocurrencies. He says all of them are decentralized. And if they're decentralized, that means no one per- person owns them, et cetera, et cetera. But some of those cryptocurrencies that Justin Sun is involved with actually dropped sharply after the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission charged him today and three of his companies with offering and selling unregistered securities as well as price manipulation. So that's the Tron token, T-R-O-N. Some of you are holding Tron. It dropped 10%. TRX um, is that actual token. And that's what you're seeing if you're looking at prices right now. Uh, and I looked at that according to CoinMarketCap. But the price of BTT, which is another token associated with BitTorrent, fell by more than 1%. And so BitTorrent has been around for a very long time. There's a whole a whole community behind BitTorrent and what they're doing with uh, getting music and movies and all of those things. There's a whole bunch of other stuff that goes with that. So I don't think it's going to fall too much because there's a community around that. But Bitcoin fell 5%, as you heard, uh, in that uh, 24-hour period, but definitely not in the last hour. And so it's starting to, you know, catch itself back up. Uh, but all of those things happened because of that announcement by Fed Chairman Jerome Powell. And so, again, people are listening. They're trying to figure out what to invest in, and they're nimble, which means if if the chairman says one thing, they're already prepared to go in one direction. If the chairman says something else, they're they're ready and waiting to get involved in something else. And as a community, we are going to have to get ourselves to that point. And right now we're building up to that. We're learning all the different ins and outs that have to do with why certain rules and regulations and reports and different things that come out to help us better understand money and what we need to do to continue flirting with making sure that our families have what we need at the end of the day in this chess game. So Bitcoin has rallied about 60% this year. We're excited about that. And so um, we're just going to continue to uh, watch these markets. They're going to react violently again because we don't know what the hike is going to do. We don't know if it's going to push individuals to put more money into cryptocurrency. We don't know exactly what their sentiments are. But what we do know is everyone is on edge right now to find out what is actually going to happen with this basis uh, hike. So the 25 basis point hike. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, when we come forward, we will continue this conversation. This is KBLA Talk 1580. You're linked to the Midday Money Chain with Lynn Richardson and Naja Roberts exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. At KBLA Talk 1580, we do more than just talk. You got a big mouth. Hello, Joe, you're up. Welcome. We're unapologetically progressive and we don't black down. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. 
So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to make sure that you are still aware that you, if you have any questions, if you have anything that you would like me to address specifically as it relates to the cryptocurrency space, as it relates to uh, the new money space, even if you have some old money space stuff, I will try to incorporate that in there. But you can always send an email to asknajaroberts at gmail.com. Again, that's asknajaroberts at gmail.com. We are in the process right now of preparing for our digital financial revolution tour to go all across the United States and educate on money. So if you have friends and family that are anywhere in this country, chances are we will be coming directly to their city in this summer. And so I'm excited about this tour. Uh, we are picking up some very incredible sponsors uh, just to make sure that the community is alive and well. They're going to be fully hydrated. We've picked the water company because, you know, it's summertime. It's going to be hot out there. But we're going to make sure that everything goes well. And I'm excited about it. So we're getting ready for the DFR tour. If you'd like to be a part of the DFR tour in Los Angeles, which is our kickoff event, please reach out to me. Ask Naja Roberts at gmail.com. I love to have you help me plan to get everything going for our kickoff in Lamert Park. I'm excited about it. We're going to have our Ledger and Me 123 on April the 22nd of next month. So if you need to start putting your Bitcoin or cryptocurrency off the exchange into your own wallet, you can sign up for the Ledger and Me 123. Again, it's April 22nd. You can send me an email about that as well. We have Crypto Essentials on April the 8th. That is April the 8th. And I'm kind of working backwards here. And then what are the next moves? I have been working tirelessly, which is probably what's wrong with my voice. I've been up late, waking up early, trying to really figure out or make sure that we are safe. And that is one of my biggest concerns. Again, as you all know, those of you that know me personally, those of you that have watched me over the last year, I am all about mission over monetization for our people right now. The time is critical, and we don't have time to figure out if people can pay us or not. We need to make sure that the information is out there. And so my next move is to put together uh, or complete this report that I will be giving you all. It's called Mission Critical, and I'm actually going to go over it on March the 28th, and we're going to do that. Uh, we're going to do that on March 28th and there's more to come about that. But everyone, I want to thank each and every one of you for rocking with me today here on Ahead of the Crypto Curve. We're making way for the D.L. Hughley Show. You all know I say D.L. is the truth, but I thank you again for rocking with me. We are creating Satoshi millionaires around here. One family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time. And ladies and gentlemen, that means you. Hey, you're listening to Nadja Roberts on the head of the crypto curve. Please follow her on all social media platforms at Nadja Roberts. No underscores, no dots, no numbers, just Nadja Roberts. Let's close the wealth gap. It's our turn. Learn or get left behind. Create your own economy. Let's get ahead of the crypto curve. KBLA 1580 Santa Monica.